0: Hello and welcome to BWB Extra, where we get to know entrepreneur, podcaster, DJ and producer Farah Nanji a little better.
1: Farah, let's right now wind the clock back to when you first started. How did you end up? I mean, you've got three things, three strings to your bow. How did you end up here? Yeah, for sure. So um, as many great things do, it started in childhood, um, music and motorsports in particular. Was... was Big in your family, anyway? No, so I would say there are a couple of strands. So my grandfather was an entrepreneur. He loved cars. Going, you know, on a Sunday was our day to kind of hang out and bond and go on nice drives and watch F one. And so I kind of was exposed to that world. Let's say as a as a fan, as a viewer, as a you know from a very young age. But motorsport not like playing football. You can't just pick up a ball and go to the park. Like it, it doesn't mm. work like that, right? Somebody does need to introduce you to it. It's expensive and, you know, there are barriers around it. But one day um, it was a, a friend's birthday party. She was doing go-karting and um, I, I happened to go to a school in this uh, in in London that was like top 10 in the country. And um, it was a really academic place and, you know, it was an all-girls school and I was just tomboy who loved nothing more than football and formula one. So I was like heavily bullied and uh, essentially that's, you know, the, the both music and motorsport acted as a healing sort of mechanism in that moment. Because yeah, I mean, with motorsport, it was like, you know, I put this helmet on, I went go-karting. I remember it like, you know, it was yesterday. It was this out of mind body experience. Nobody cares who you are. Like if you're a girl or a boy, it's just about your performance in every single corner, taking more risk, going more flat out, understanding the track, understanding the cart. And it was super addictive. Um, And I, you know, begged my parents to let me keep coming back, started competing nationally a little bit. And then with music, it was kind of a similar thing where like um, I was basically learning the Spanish guitar. um, And at that age, you know, you could leave the classroom for an hour to go to a music class um, in school. And I just remember, you know, today the music I play and make is very similar to the Ibiza vibe. I I experiment a lot with guitars. It's kind of got the Spanish, gypsy, Arab kind of flamenco scales involved you know which is what i was learning from a young age but at that moment it was like wow this is so healing and that's literally what it is um and so you know both of them evolved um and then i kind of got to the age of 15 and basically with music i was starting to go out i was starting to see you know how it works like hearing you know i had been collecting records the internet obviously came out kazan napster all those things you know yes they they happened you know um and but you know i went to a club my first club was fabric and you know you hear a kick drum on a sound system like that and it changes like it changed my my mind like and you know just seeing the dj's how they were in command of this dance floor like it was incredible and very quickly like the dj's became my friends and they kind of welcomed me in even though i was super young because i was like this kind of let's say i was already selecting records i was already like a tastemaker in music you know, showing, you know, kind of just sharing that collection. Um, so there was that recognition and there was a period of like two or three years where I was observing these artists, I was in the booth, just seeing like how they were, you know, navigating this journey for for the audience. And with motorsport, there was a little bit of a, road, a speed hump because um, at age 15, I got diagnosed with dyspraxia, which is a motor coordination delay. Um, and so, you know, you probably think, well, how could you even do music? Because yeah, obviously it's more tough. And motorsport is one of them as well. And at that moment, I really also was thinking I really wanted to be a professional race car driver. But apart from just the dyspraxia thing, um, we still don't have a female on Formula One driving and a family needs on average like seven million pounds. It's not all in one go. Obviously, there's sponsors that come in all along the way. But on average, that is, I mean, one season in karting could easily be like 100k and you're age five. So you can see how it adds up, you know, it's it's extremely expensive. Don't let your kids get into motorsport. Yeah, but so, but you know, for me, anyway, what it was was like, okay, dyspraxia changed a lot because I, I obviously had to understand if I wanted to do these two things, which I knew in my purpose, it just meant how to do it differently or how to still be in that arena, but maybe have a different goal. For music, it was always the same. Being a musician, being a DJ, and that obviously has evolved many things that you have to do in the music industry. But motorsports, it was like, okay, I can't, you know, I'm not going to be an F1. That's unrealistic. But what I can, that's the love for the mindset. So just the way that it pushes you, like all those things. What about
0: Formula 3? Is that full of women? And
1: Formula 3 has a couple of women in, in it, yeah. But only recently, like, not like it's been like that for the last 20, 30 years or anything like that. But yeah this that's where it uncovered my mindset around um p- peak performance and human performance in motorsport and decoding that. So that's how I how I've got here today and then as I mentioned you know in the in the pandemic obviously well I started this podcast called Mission Makers. It's done really well. We got a number one in six, the first six weeks. knew we were talking about the right things um or interesting things and so what is it that you do talk about? So we talk about literally the mindset and misconceptions of success in music business and motorsport. So we we'll, we run on seasons. We have uh, four guests from each category um, and and we kind of just dispel myths. And sometimes, you know, you get someone who's into all three. Like we had Carl Cox on the show once. He owns um, a motorsport racing team. He collects cars. He's obviously a pretty well-known DJ. He runs a few businesses. So it's pretty cool when you get a guest like that who can bounce through all three. But also, you know, yeah, I mean, we just seem to have quite a lot of people who are into into that subject. What's the most misunderstood thing about what you do? there is this unfortunate misconception and this there's a misunderstanding that like the lifestyles amazing it's actually really hard and there's a lot of sacrifice and it's not for everyone like
0: i like um yeah there someone said this um Who's actually a real twat? Uh, but there we go. But I thought this was useful. Is that like people think they want to be Beyonce? It's like, do you have any idea how hard this woman works? She does like sixteen hours. She she's in the gym every morning. She never sees her family. She never sees her husband. And she's fucking incredible because all she does is practice. Basically, all she does is practice. She she works on her body and a act like. And it's like that's that's what that is. You want you want to be the fucking you know? Yeah, sure. She's also. Really famous, and everyone wants to meet her, but basically, she's just really focused on being like there's a lot you have to sacrifice
1: for sure, and family is one of them,
0: yeah. Unfortunately, so unless you go into a band with your family, like the Jackson (laughs) Five, and then you can all go. I'm thinking more the Von Traps. Oh, the Von Traps, it's another good family band. Family bands, new in what do you think is the biggest problem facing you?
1: Yeah, so obviously, we've talked about um streaming in the business music world. Um, I think the other couple of things. Going on right now, events. Obviously, is still very fragile. So, how does that affect motorsport? You know, as as a running a business in motorsport, you know, p- people are buying things very like in the last forty eight hours. So you're putting thousands of pounds, you know, and you have no idea if your event's going to break even, if you're going to make a ridiculous loss. It's the same with music. It costs a lot of money to put on these big events. Promoters are not taking risk with emerging artists. They just want to book headliners, obviously, because they just can't afford to take the risk now. Uh, Festivals are closing down. Uh, Energy supply chain crisis is, is mad. It's affecting a lot. And also labels as well, you know, because of the pandemic, every producer, every DJ was out there making a ridiculous amount of music. I mean, I made... More than thirteen tracks in the pandemic, you know, and once you obviously then go to labels, there are there is like sometimes it could take a year or two years before a decent label has like a a genuinely a slot because they have releases coming out for the next two years. Like done is signed is done, you know. So for newer artists, it is that is difficult to cut through that noise, and and then obviously to have the events to thrive and to build that audience. I think this is you know some of the challenges right now facing the industry.
0: Yeah, it's definitely tricky. And I guess this question might be more posed towards the motor club. Is that, is it, this is going to be controversial now. Like, what are you, what are you doing about climate change? For in For sure. Business?
1: And I can definitely talk about both, by the way. And I'll start with the easier one, which is music. So number one, you know, I think artists are coming together collectively. There's been some really cool initiatives. Like Bye Bye Plastic Foundation, for example, that launched this DJ rider and more than a thousand DJs have adopted this rider. And what the rider basically um, says is that, yeah, you're going to book me in this wherever. But I, I'm not going to play if there's any single-use plastic in your venue, um, and this has literally almost eliminated single-use plastics in, in a majority of clubs worldwide and festivals.
0: Yeah, it's a nice, it's a, it's a nice people power thing. We forget how much power there is in the people.
1: definitely, and people are doing. They're doing, you know, the fans are going and doing beach cleans after after events. So, you know, it's very very good thing that they're doing. I think with motorsport, what people really, you know, maybe who are not in the industry really maybe don't understand is that. Literally, the technologies that we see in today's road cars, but not just road cars, in pharmaceuticals, in so many different industries have been developed through a racetrack, through pushing cars to the limit where they're able to test out data and they're able to even like computers like Dell, for example, Microsoft, they're massive sponsors of Formula One. If you understand how demanding it is to run data for a team, you know, in a racing in a racing car, this is where they're pushing the limits of their technology, and that's getting straight back into their consumer products in terms of climate. So, how does that affect? So, you got like obviously the battery that that the way that those things are being uh, developed is coming directly from Formula E, and then clean energy and the, the um, promotion towards a cleaner uh, mobility. It's coming again through Formula E, Extreme E, um, take, you know, getting audiences much more aware about this. And so, you know, there's one billion people who follow motorsport. What are you most excited about for your business? Yeah, definitely. I think the music coming out is a huge one this year. As I mentioned, seven years in the making, um, you know, and so... All the
0: best albums are.
1: Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, I'm really excited about that. And they're on massive labels, so... And then just motorsport, again, just being back in the environment because obviously we had that hiatus. So it's really nice to see the community back. We're planning a leadership retreat in Ibiza um, in September. So quite excited to plan that actually. And now a quick word from our sponsor.
0: Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark. Straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com. You fucked anything up? Come on tell us something. You yeah, fucked no, up. I
1: think you know one. You know that that question is is really around doing business with friends because this industry is so both music and motorsport is is so driven by friends. Like you'll know, coming from the music industry, like your networking happens. You know, behind the DJ booth, like, you know, people who are into the similar music, they are the ones who are, like, working in that industry. And, I mean, it's hard to be working in the music industry without having friends who are, who are without making friends. Like, obviously, you know, you're very similar and passionate about certain things.
0: Well, a band normally starts as friends. And bands
1: obviously start as friends, which can be tough. So, I think, you know, that, that and even in motorsport as well, because just because it started at university for me, this business, um, and I was much younger then, and obviously, um, you know, the people that were coming to these events, they were my friends, and I was less strict about, you know, money, like trusting, oh, you say you're going to come, cool, I put down £2,000 to secure an event, oh, those 10 people that said they were going to come, they're not coming anymore. And I owe this venue like a thousand, whatever it is, you know, and and those are hard lessons to learn, you know, um, but, you know, so just being more, yeah, like comfortable about having boundaries around money you know that's that's you know really important especially when it comes to doing business with friends but i think what you learn along the way as well and it's not just money driven it's also about who wants you to succeed and who's jealous um because there's a lot of that in the in 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 music industry in particular and it's just it's a very ego driven industry and so yeah, there are people that just genuinely are not happy for your success because they want to be there and they want their artists to be in that, you know, spotlight. And and even your friends who are your friends, you know, you realize along the way actually they're not happy for you because because you yeah, whatever, you know. And it's 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 just something you have to just be guided by your intuition by when you can see that energy, to
0: be honest. Well, it's humans this doesn't, ha- this doesn't happen down the sewers. I don't imagine anyone's <laughs> bothered. for oh, you got the nasty bit over there. Oh, lucky me over here shoveling <laughs> this shit. You know, it's like but the music's a bit more extreme. Do you know, you know what the
1: flip side though is, is that you can make amazing friends through both. And when you make great friends through it, who are your business partners, they, you know, like someone who's truly got your back, who truly wants to succeed, will go that 20 times more, that extra mile. They will talk to you about the, in the, their friends. They will promote you in their networks
0: what's the worst advice you've ever been given?
1: I do remember early on in my career, there was a DJ that I knew uh, in Mykonos, who was very well known. And where he always recognized me as a taste selector. And then when I said to him, oh, I'm going to be a DJ, or I'm going to start learning, he said, no, don't do that because women can't DJ and they they don't have a place in this industry. And his advice was like, don't do it. So you just punch them in the face. It's like, really?
0: Actually, that was probably the best thing anyone ever said to you because it motivated you. Well,
1: not it, that wasn't my need for motivation. Oh. I didn't need any motivation. I was like, I don't, I actually think you're sh- Oh, it was no. just shit advice. But it's if you advice. like somebody, you know, you like somebody you think they do a good job, you you know, they're kind of uh, more senior in your industry than yeah. you, yeah. saying something like that to you is fucking rude it's ridiculous and there are it's not it's not just him like i've observed on social media there there are a lot of people men in particular who just cannot accept that women can dj or that women can be in motorsports and or that really women can do anything and women can do anything <laughs> oh come on come no, on no. No,
0: not in this town not these days we're pretty we're pretty good What's the best piece of advice you've ever been um, given? From my mum. If,
1: if as you don't succeed, just keep just try, try, try give again. Up. No, <laughs> Move try on. again. Try again. There's a million different ways to do it.
0: Yeah, damn right. Uh what advice would you give to your younger self?
1: Uh yeah, I think it's uh, prioritizing habits um and routine to get consistency because that's what gets the results. And I think when I was full-time in music, as you say, it's very dreamy, you know, it's, like, oh, I'm here, and then I'm there, and then I'm meeting this person, and I'm doing that, and I'm in the studio, and like, wow, then years pass by, and like, where are the results, where well, the results, mm. because you need those habits, like, you need to be, like, relentless.
0: Good at self-promotion, like the Americas, we find it difficult as the Brits. Obviously, but-
1: branding is a big part of it, and that's just what it is, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you need substance, you know, you can brand anything, but, like, what is the result? So you, to get results, whatever you do, you need to have habits. Atomic habits, yeah. as they say.
0: Atomic habits. Yeah, you know that book, right? No. it's a great book. It just means do it a lot.
1: Uh, like how to actually, like you know, make a habit a habit. You know, and and and. Oh, you've just done your book selection. That's so that's one target. of my, yeah. Yes. So what are the other read, watch, listen to things that you would recommend? Eckhart Tolle, uh, New Earth. I mean, he's a great author. Um, Ray Dalio Principles is a great book as well. Uh, watch, if you're not into F1, watch Drive to Survive. That's amazing. What's <laughs> um, Drive to Survive? Drive to Survive is on Netflix and it's single-handedly got like millions of fans into into the sport. And they're doing the same for like golf and tennis and I don't know, all these other sports. So drive yeah, F1, to Drive survive. to Survive. It's amazing. And then what would I say to listen to just because I'm going to advocate for music. So I would say one of my pet peeves when I'm DJing, someone comes up and says, oh, can you just play some commercial music or something we can dance to or hip hop and R&B? And I just really would urge, if you're that person, go and listen to electronic music, and actually like understand the beauty behind it because it's so intricate. There's so many layers, and it's it's it doesn't all have to be about you know rapping about this thing and that thing. Like, and and just respect the artist anyway. So I would recommend if you were getting into this music, uh, John Digweed, Bic and Armin, David August, all three amazing starting points for discovering electronic music.
0: So that was this week's episode of BWB Extra and we'll be back tomorrow with our finale for the week, the business or bullshit quiz. Stay tuned.